Welcome to HSH Presents. My name is Kaylee McKee, and I'll be your host this episode. A little about me, I'm a senior student here at the University of Houston Clear Lake, and I'm part of the media production team for HSH bringing you this podcast. I'm here to get you up to date this week on all the fascinating things happening here in the College of Human Sciences and Humanities. From poignant student topics to faculty endeavors, and all kinds of collaborations in between, here is where you want to be to find just what HSH presents. Hello, everyone. It is finals week. Who, everybody else feeling just as taxed and crazy? Well, I am here to give you a little break in your day with our wonderful little podcast and just wanted to get us up to date on some of the fun things that are going on this coming week in our college. Um, We're going to begin with the announcements and then we have a couple of other fun things going on throughout our show today. It is just me, so I am so sorry for everyone who is missing our dear co-host, Mars. She is still out, um, and hopefully we hope to have her back soon, so everybody keep sending her well wishes as she gets well and on her way. So starting with our announcements... This past week, HSH faculty have been featured on the nationally syndicated AAUNP podcast, The Academic Minute. We have a list of presenters and topics that you can find in the link in our description for those who have presented. This Monday, well, this past Monday, we had Bill Powers on the transformative effects of higher education for incarcerated students. Tuesday was Isabel Custer's on public health and everyday life. Wednesday was Desdemona Rios in multi, multi, multidisciplinarity. Inter, mm. Wednesday was Desdemona Rios with multidisciplinarity, interpretive power, and interdependence in higher education. Thursday was Sei Hyung Hee, deliberative dialogue, a new kind of political talk, and Friday's was with Andrea Baldwin, Building Storytellers. Our next two announcements are going to be for HSH faculty and staff. The first one's going to be for the Coach Survey informational session. The next session will be held May 12th from 11 a.m. to noon. And the HSH end of semester community meeting will be held on Wednesday, May 13th for faculty, staff, and invited guests. Guests will include recent faculty and staff retirees, HSH emeritus professors, HSH representatives to UHCL's Student Government Association, faculty who will be joining us in the fall, and our new dean who will soon be named. We will welcome our guests, celebrate our accomplishments from academic year 2020 to 2021, and engage in a conversation with Demita Frazier, one of the founders of the Kambahi River Collective. May 14th is the last installment of our Friday morning continuing education spring series. Come join Dr. Bill Powers in his lecture, 
January 6th, 2021, Sedition or Insurrection, being held this coming Friday at 9.30 a.m. Come join Bill as he helps us analyze the events of January 6th, 2021. Let's dissect the event together and gain better perspective on that day, what has transpired since, and what is yet to come. Get ready for a lively, informative, and sometimes incendiary conversation. The Soaring Hawks Car Parade will be held this Sunday, May 16th at 4 p.m. Arrive at 3.30 to find your spot and join UHCL in honoring our 2021 graduates. The parade will be held in Lot D behind Hunter Residence Hall, and don't forget to sign up today. For graduating seniors, don't forget to book your spot for Hawk Moments. UHCL is providing a unique photo opportunity to get your picture taken as you cross a stage and receive your diploma tube. Spots are available from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. Click the link in our description and register today. And last but not least, have a professor who's made a big impact on your education while at UHCL? Well, as the semester comes to an end, don't hesitate to go to the UHCL website and search Thank a Professor and leave a quick note saying thanks for all of their hard work. Thank a Professor is a new initiative by the Center for Faculty Development to recognize and support its faculty and staff through the voices of the student body here at UHCL. Make a professor's day and say thanks. Our interview this week is with the Office of Student Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the SDEI office, they're an integral part of our college that is committed to cultivating, supporting, nurturing, and affirming a diverse university environment that fosters authentic and inclusive relationships among members of the UHCL community. They're here to provide advocacy, guidance, and support for underrepresented students in order to enhance their academic and personal success. The Student Diversity of Equity and Inclusion Office strives to further the persistence and empowerment of our diverse student population, regardless of race, ethnicity, sex, religion, national origin, disability, age, veteran status, genetic information, or sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, first generation, and all of the other historically underrepresented student populations. Through its educational programming and services, the Student Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Office facilitates the growth of culturally responsible and conscious global citizens. And this week, we are fortunate enough to get some truly moving insights from Dr. Aaliyah Beavers and Tammy, their office's graduate student intern, on the Stop Asian Hate Movement. Since 1992, May has been designated and recognized as Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. The month of May was chosen specifically to commemorate the immigration of the first Japanese to the United States on May 7, 1843, and to mark the anniversary of the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad on May 10, 1869. Much of American history is deeply intertwined with the lives, stories, and heritages of the Asian Pacific community, and the month of May is the time dedicated for us to look back and reflect on those contributions. However, where there is beauty, admiration, and respect, 
there is always what seems to be hate and ignorance hiding in the shadows. As we listen to Dr. Aaliyah and Tammy's interview, let us reflect and contemplate on how we can each make a difference to stop Asian hate. Welcome to the segment by the Student Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Office on hashtag Stop Asian Hate. Hello, I'm Dr. Aaliyah. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the director of the Student Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Office. And I'm Tammy, and I use she, her, hers pronouns, and I am a graduate student intern from the SEI office. Over the last year, and within the last few months, we have been hearing about and witnessing various hate crimes directed toward members of the Asian community in the United States. In our time today, we will be focusing on our, discuss our discussion on these hate crimes, specifically from our United States perspective. However, we want to acknowledge that these events are happening outside of our U.S. context as well. So before we dive in, I think it'll be helpful to define what exactly a hate crime is. So a hate crime is a violation of law motivated by hostility toward a certain social group. And hate crimes typically involve violence and are based on prejudice towards certain groups because of their various identities like race, religion, and sexual orientation, just to name a few. So now that we've defined hate crimes, let's talk a bit about what hate crimes targeted toward the Asian American community look like. Hate crimes and violence across multiple states, including California, New York, Connecticut, North Carolina, Oregon, and Georgia have occurred, and they involve slurs, death threats, theft, destruction of property, punching, stabbing, and shooting. There have been incidents outside the United States as well, like in the United Kingdom and Australia. Now, while we've only been hearing about the heightened hate toward the Asian community through various media outlets over the last few years and months, in actuality, there is a 170-year history of discrimination toward Asian people in the United States. Unfortunate but true, Dr. Leah. This discrimination has taken shape in many ways throughout history, including labor discrimination, laws targeting Asians, massacres, and scapegoating. In relation to labor, uh, the 1850s gold rush and building the Transcontinental Railroad involved unfairly low monetary compensation and little recognition for Chinese individuals' work. So although they were seen as cheap labor, Chinese workers were also accused of taking jobs that would have supposedly gone to white individuals. And another example took place in the, eight, the, sorry, the 1980s, uh, where Vietnamese Americans in the shrimp industry were also accused of taking jobs and hate crimes resulted, including the KKK burning the houses and boats of these workers. So there were various discriminatory laws that were put in place to ensure those of Asian descent did not have equal rights. These laws included an 1854 ruling in the case of People versus Hall, which determined that people of Chinese descent could not testify in court and also the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882, which say that people of Chinese descent were not allowed to immigrate to the United States. Yeah, and for Asian Americans who were already in the USA, violence toward them continued. So like in Los Angeles of 1871, there was a crossfire between Chinese groups in which a white man was killed. And this resulted in a riot led by white and Hispanic Americans, and at least 17 Chinese residents were lynched. And then another incident took place in 1885 in Rock Springs, 
where 28 Chinese mine workers were murdered and 79 of their homes were destroyed. And then, of course, in 1992, there's the Los Angeles riots, which erupted due to light sentences after the brutal beating of Ronnie King by white officers and the shooting of Latasha Harlins by a Korean shopkeeper, due in great part to the media's influence in fueling tensions between Black and Korean communities. And so the situation resulted in the destruction of businesses and the loss of many lives. So scapegoating members of Asian communities uh, was a rampant issue then and is a rampant issue today. So in 1900, when cases of the bubonic plague presented in San Francisco, Chinese American communities were blamed for the spread of disease because the United States continued to participate in global trade, including those with China. Additionally, in the 1940s, many Japanese Americans were placed in internment camps after the attack on Pearl Harbor. In these camps, Japanese Americans were monitored by soldiers and had to endure harsh weather and inadequate medical care, from which some died. So Tammy, I'm confused. Beyond the fact that social media and the media in general was much more present now than in years previous, why are we only starting to hear about the historical context and hate crimes against Asian Americans? I think a lot of this has to do with, well, the Eurocentric focus when discussing U.S. history, but also political relations between USA and Asian countries, notably tensions with China, and the practice of scapegoating. Now, we discussed this from a historical perspective, but scapegoating continues to go on in the form of aggression toward Asian American communities after the discovery of the COVID-19 virus in China. So scapegoating allows serious situations such as these to be toned down and disregarded as opposed to being challenged and addressed in the media. So let me get this right. Just because someone looks like, and yes, I said that with quotes, they came from China or any other Asian country, they're being targeted, harassed, threatened, injured, and at times killed simply because of misinformation regarding the origins and spread of the coronavirus disease? Yeah. And so similar to the idea that Asian workers were historically seen as desirably cheap labor while being despised for taking jobs, Asian Americans are becoming scapegoats and targets of violence while ironically being associated as the model minority. So to define that phrase, model minority is the stereotypical belief that a non-dominant social group holds desirable traits defined by the dominant culture. So in this case, uh, Asian Americans are deemed as the model minority in that their racial group is perceived to have higher levels of economic, educational, and professional successes, um, to be hardworking, and to be less involved in social and political unrest. Well, clearly the idea of the model minority is problematic and a definitely problematic perspective to have. In fact, because of the model minority stereotype, research indicates that Asian American children receive less academic support even when they're underperforming. It is important to take a different perspective because Asian Americans are culturally diverse. There are differences in economic and educational success between different groups of Asian Americans. Although viewed as a model group, Asian Americans continue to be seen as perpetual foreigners who could never fully assimilate into white dominant culture. The concept of model minorities has been used to exacerbate tensions between racial groups who are all being oppressed in the very same system. And when the people with the most power can keep oppressed peoples fighting among one another, 
those in power continue to keep that power to themselves. Basically, racism is what keeps the racism from being discussed and chatted about and challenged for that matter. So Tammy, we've talked about the historical context and events that are currently happening. What is next and what are ways people can support the Asian community? I am so glad you asked because there are so many ways to support and be in solidarity with the Asian community. And uh, so one way is to respond as a bystander and some of those ways to do that um, include distracting the harasser. So maybe starting a conversation with the victim to draw them away from the harasser um, or asking people around you to help the victim as well or to um, call 911 um, or ask the victim how you can help and to accompany them as well as um, video recording the incident. And um, there are actually bystander intervention trainings um, that you can attend, like one of them from um, Hollaback um, in collaboration with AAJC or Asian Americans Advancing Justice Organization and uh, many other bystander intervention trainings out there. Um, you can also donate to community organizations or also victims of hate crimes and their families. Um, you can volunteer at your local anti-racism organizations, or even if it's just simply offering to accompany your Asian American friend or colleague in public. Um, on a similar note, uh, definitely checking in on people you know in the Asian American community would definitely help um, in asking how you can help them because each individual has um, individual needs. Um, you can also advocate for anti-racism work in your organizations, whether that be at your school, workplace, religious institution, etc. And you can also contact elected officials and ask what they are doing to support and protect the Asian American Pacific Islander or AAPI community and anti-racism efforts through interventions and programs. Thank you for sharing that, Tammy. Well, that's all we have for today. For more questions or to continue the conversation, feel free to contact the Student Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Office by email at studentdiversity at uhcl.edu or by phone at 281-283-2575 and follow us on Instagram or Twitter at UHCLSDEI or on facebook.com slash UHCLSDEI. Hope to see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Dr. Aaliyah and Tammy, for taking the time to go over that very poignant topic with us today. As we come up on a wrap for this semester, those of us here at HSH Presents would love to know what some of your fondest or favorite HSH moments were. Feel free to please reflect on this past year and send us an email with your favorite memories to hsh at uhcl.edu or send us a message on our Instagram at uhcl underscore hsh. 2020 and 2021 have been years unlike ones we have had before, and we would love to be able to think back and commemorate some of the great times that we have had this past year at UHCL. Even if you are not a graduating student, anywhere, anyone 
from our college is welcome to send us a message and let us know so that way hopefully next week we can go ahead and share some of them as we begin to wrap up our semester. Speaking of our semester's end, we have one last message on our show today from interim Dean Gladden as he takes a moment to remind us of our graduation weekend events. Greetings, students. This is your interim dean, Dr. Gladden, coming to you to encourage you to participate in graduation weekend events. The first of these is a tribute from HSH to our students who are being honored by their programs and our students who serve as leaders for student organizations. We'll post that to our social media on the evening of Friday, May the 14th. On Sunday, May the 16th, as you know, UHCL Spring 2021 commencement airs at 10 a.m. At 4 p.m. that day, we have the Soaring Hawks Car Parade, and that's what I wanted to visit with you about today. This is a phenomenal event. Graduates and their loved ones are in cars. Graduates are dressed in regalia. Cars are decorated. There are balloons. There are streamers. People are playing their favorite music as they pass by. Crowds of cheering faculty, staff, and students go through the horseshoe to be greeted by the president, the provost, the dean, and others, and then drive to the end of the parade route where graduates receive a diploma tube, which of course is theirs to keep, just like at in-person graduation. There's one more special feature I want you to know about for graduation weekend this year, and it's something new this time around. It's called the Hawk Moment. This is a by appointment only opportunity on Sunday, May 16th, from 8.30 a.m. to 9 o'clock p.m. Go online, sign up for a slot, and you can stand in a stage setting with your diploma tube and have your picture made by one of our photographers. We'll send this as a gift to you. You can then step over to a step and repeat, located closely nearby, and take all the selfies you want to, posing with your loved ones uh, as you celebrate your graduation. Congratulations to all who are graduating. I wish you all the best, and I hope to see you soon. Thank you so much, Dean Gladden, for those reminders. As a graduating student, I know that I am very excited to take full advantage of the wonderful events that we're going to be having this coming weekend. And I personally am getting really excited <laughs> and looking forward to the Hawks Car Parade and the Hawk Moments. Um, many of you who listened to the show last week, um, Mackenzie Rhinus was one of our guest hosts and she graduated in 2020 uh, in December. And for those of you who are alumni who did not get the opportunity to take um, your moments there, please come out and join us this weekend if you are available. We would all love to see you and graduate as one. With our graduation weekend events being said, that brings us to the end of our show this week. I know it's a little bit shorter than our other shows, but it is finals. It is madness. <laughs> we just wanted to be able to give you guys a quick reprieve um, while we all are in the thick of it as we get ready for next week. So with the end of our episode... I would like to thank everyone so much for listening to this week's HSH Presents. We'd like to invite you all to return this coming Friday for our future show, where we'll dig into the next exciting topic with the College of HSH. And don't forget, 
If you have a project you are working on and want to share it with the College of HSH, let us know. We're always looking for new and exciting topics happening within our college that we can showcase on our podcast. With summer on the horizon, now is the perfect time to share your projects with your HSH family. And don't forget, to keep up to date with all of the happenings in HSH, make sure you're following us on our Instagram at UHCL underscore HSH and follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our credits for this episode will include Dr. Aaliyah Beavers and Tammy from the SDEI office at UHCL. We'd also like to thank Taryn Gonzalez for our logo art. And we'd like to thank Ghost Rifter for soaring our intro and outro music. And as always, we'd like to thank Dr. Seahorn and Interim Dean Gladden for providing a unique opportunity for this podcast, myself, and the College of HSH to grow. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode, and catch you on the next episode of HSH Presents. HSH Presents.